Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be me talking about the PS3 store shutdown and PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the places you can find SNTR Presents as a podcast, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com will bring you to the channel where we do these discussions. And I actually was not going to cover this, but a lot of people brought it up, and I went and watched Yang Ye's video on it. I thought he made some very, very compelling points with respect to backwards compatibility and preserving games that may at some point be no longer available. As somebody who grew up playing Nintendo especially, this hit home for me. It's very challenging if you want to play Nintendo, Super Nintendo, or Nintendo 64 games right now. Even if you still own a working console with a working controller and a working cartridge, you're going to need hardware to adapt those consoles to any modern television you've bought or purchased in the last 10 or 20 years. So it kind of hit home the idea of it would be really nice to have those old titles both available for purchase or if I did own them in the past, being able to play them now. The Xbox certainly has a a leg up in this equation with the Xbox 360 emulation that they do, whether you own an Xbox One or an Xbox Series X. So when the report came out, this is a bit of a leak at this point, this was not official from Sony, uh, that the PlayStation 3 store for the Vita and everything would be closing, this caused a lot of concern for people. That it wasn't going to be available, what if you don't have it installed, what if I ran out of space, will I be able to reinstall it at a future time if all those servers go down. So let's break this down from a couple of perspectives. What we know, what does it mean for backwards compatibility, and with the future of service and digitizing video games, what does that mean now that everything is sort of a licensure relationship as opposed to you legitimately owning a game? A recent report came out stating that the PlayStation Store for Sony's PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and the PlayStation Portable will close for good this summer. This will make digital copies of games for those platforms unavailable for purchase from that point on. While rumors are circling about PS5 getting full backwards compatibility, ability to help with this, many are being driven to unwarranted fear about no longer being able to access their games or libraries that they own. That, that they own. So to a certain extent, some of this fear is unwarranted. I think people are getting kind of drummed up and really, really worried or concerned. If you own these platforms, you should still be able to play those games. The big question mark is, what if they're not presently installed, especially on something that is a portable device with limited storage space, you may not actually have every game installed at this moment. So for the first section here, what do we know? What what has actually come out? This came from the gamer. They also were the were the the, the news source we cited for all of the things we heard about Techland with Dying Light 2 and things going on inside. So these are direct quotes from a Polygon article. A report published Monday said the PlayStation Store for Sony PlayStation 3, Vita, and the PlayStation Portable will close for good in July and August, making digital copies of games for those platforms unavailable for purchase from then on. The Gamer, citing unnamed sources familiar with the matter... Uh, said that the PS3 and PSP stores will close on July 2nd and the PS Vita storefront will shut on August 27th. Polygon reached out to Sony representatives for additional information. No reply was made at publication time. So there has not been an official response from Sony. Okay, There's rumors circling about you know backwards compatibility being a thing. 
But at the present time, that is not something that they have officially spoken on, both with respect to these storefronts closing, as well as the availability of the titles. Can you still install them later if it can be verified that you own them? As well, what are the plans going forward for PS4 and PS5 with respect to backwards compatibility? What is not clear at this time is what will happen to games that you own that are not currently installed. So if you've run out of storage space, we have zero clue what this means for you. Are they going to be somewhere on a server that can verify your ownership and allow you to download and reinstall? Something that I really promoted today after, again, I thought, I thought Young's video was very good where he said that emulation is is important for preserving these games. I could picture Sony creating the emulation software, selling it or making it public, and then allowing companies like, let's say, God of War 3, they could make their code publicly available for emulation companies to, to, to make their game for this storefront, and then everybody could just do a revenue share where Sony, the dev companies, and the emulators are making a, uh, a profit off of this, because that's primarily the only thing that's going to drive Sony or any of these development companies from back then to even care about making these games available going forward which drives the question where is the backwards compatibility this situation obviously drives many questions to be asked most notably in my opinion is where is the efforts for backward compatibility Microsoft offers backwards compatibility in a broad and sweeping way essentially running an emulator on my Xbox Series X for the Xbox 360. Now, I will grant that this is not something that I can do for every single title that I ever owned on the 360, but there is an element of comfort and confidence knowing that I can boot up my Xbox Series X and I have all these old titles that I see and can install. I do not have uh, an encyclopedic memory of every title I owned on the 360, so I don't necessarily know what's missing. I just know there are titles there. If game companies like so Sony and Microsoft are going to continue offering services that center around allowing you to keep uh, keep and take your games everywhere. This is not a message of confidence when an entire store and potentially the installability of those games is being shut down. Microsoft continues to drive home the message, if you get or buy or play something on the Microsoft ecosystem, it will be accessible everywhere with xCloud, portable device, PC, or any of the Xbox consoles. They're rebranding Xbox Live to Xbox Network and even looking to scoop up other companies. There's even the recent report about them trying to purchase Discord. They are attempting to give you a full stack solution of game online playable with you everywhere now that obviously drives and 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 persists a question of well do i have these things all the time then in 10 years am i going to be able to go to the microsoft ecosystem and have a 10 year old game accessible ori in the blind forest ori in the will of the wisps are some of my favorite games of all time will i have access to those in a decade or more on the microsoft ecosystem obviously if it's still around we would hope that microsoft would still be around not every game not every service is going to be around for forever but some of these you kind of expect them to go on in perpetuity 
Understandably, companies cannot be expected to maintain a digital storefront for forever, especially for some of these older consoles like the PS3. As a consumer, though, I would like to see more solutions put in place to protect my libraries of games and titles that I like to look back on. I gave an example today that a lot of the times it's not even a matter of like you actually go back, play them and enjoy them. It's the knowledge that you can if you want to. The minute you feel like you can't have it, you suddenly want it more. I gave an example of my children when one of them is not playing with a toy and the other picks it up. Suddenly that toy is of the utmost importance. Moments later, moments prior, it wasn't. And it's very similar in this regard. As a consumer, it's about the perception of your platform offers me that ability and that confidence to know what I buy and get. I own for, for the foreseeable future, as opposed to this fear of what if it shuts down? What if it becomes unavailable? Lastly, emulation and old consoles. I really appreciated Yang Ye's thoughts on emulation and how more uh, companies need to support and lean into emulation of old games. For me personally, there are countless original Nintendo titles from the console generation of old that I would love to be able to buy and play. I look and I say, oh man, this would be so great. And you have to have sort of like a subscription service on Nintendo to be able to play some of them. Most notably, I would want to go back and play The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Super Metroid. These are games I would right now pay money for to have installed as an old version of the game emulated on my Nintendo Switch. Now the technological tension here is that the console itself has to be able to run the old operating system as it were and then also run the game itself. This is one of the reasons it's a bit of a rub and a bit of a tension for Sony to emulate PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 on the 4 or the 5 because it takes up space. Somebody said this morning that Sony said it would take up what is called die space. Like they, it, This would actually hinder the structure and the architecture of the PS5 to have this sort of baked into the crust. So there is an element here of technological tension to both put the emulator on the console, run that emulator, as well as any of the games that you would like to play. So, sure, Nintendo has offered some of those titles, and Microsoft has made great strides for backwards compatibility, but it'd be great to see significantly more support and exhaustive libraries made available to the public for purchase and consumption. Ultimately, I think the PS3 store closure is being blown out of proportion by some and even misrepresented by others, but with many unknowns about how it is going to work, it's understandable why concern and rumors are spreading. Solutions and answers from Sony will hopefully be around the corner, both with respect to things that people own right now from that storefront and will they be installable in the future, as well as the bigger and more broad question that we really asked today. What about backwards? compatibility what about emulation and preserving games so they're not lost forever as always if you want to catch these live be sure to head to sntrlive.com thanks for listening to another episode of today on sntr presents and today we're talking about ps5 compatibility as well as the ps3 store shutdown and how they're related if you're listening to this in any of the other locations you can always find sntr presents on any of the podcast platforms if you prefer audio if you'd like to be here live go to sntrlive.com sntrlive.com will bring you to the live streams for these polls 
and for the debates. And today I asked the, the, the question. I said, listen, PS3 store shut down. How important is backwards compatibility to you? Why or why not? Because this is kind of related. The idea being that if you own a PlayStation 3 game, but you can't install it on a new PS5, or let's say it's not installed anymore at all on your Vita because you're out of space. Once these servers go down in the summer, you it's likely you won't be able to install it again. And so backwards compatibility could be a nice safe haven, a nice safety net for people that own those games. So the results of the poll right now at over 600 votes is very important to people, 49%. So backwards compatibility is very important to 49% of the people that took the poll and somewhat important to 31%. So 80% of our responders are saying, this is at least somewhat important to me or very. Now, 20% are saying not at all. Okay, That's surprising. I expected that to be at about a 10%. You would think backwards compatibility would be very important, but there is a generation of gamer, there's a mindset of a gamer that's all about just shoving forward and continuing to play what's new and leaving behind what is old and in their minds probably outdated so the first response i'm going to read from the poll here is from glizzy gladiator my dad recently started using my old ps3 as a media hub for our tv we needed to download netflix and youtube through the ps store if we decided to do that a few months later we wouldn't be able to a great point about the situation uh with the PS3 uh, store shutdown. That's actually like a really, really good point. Uh, Funny enough, my father-in-law did something similar with a PS4. It was like, there was something that he did where it was going to be, it was cheaper and got a better deal to get a Blu-ray player at the time or something. It was something that he did where it ended up being cheaper it ended up being cheap, cheaper for him to just get a PS4, and it kind of became their central entertainment hub on their television. And he, my father-in-law, is not a gamer. So, uh, Dan Baruch said, sometimes I like to play the old stuff during droughts. Same. Sometimes I just want to play an old NES title. Sometimes I just want to play an old game from my childhood. Sometimes I just want to kind of reminisce and it's really, really difficult, especially in the realm of Nintendo, to do that. Now, they have done a better job on Nintendo with backwards compatibility. It's not necessarily backwards compatibility. I'll call it backwards accessibility. You can do their, like, little subscription thing. And when you do that, you can, you know, play older games. You can go back and play something that's sort of an older uh, older thing that you haven't played in a really long time but it's only available through that service it's not necessarily something you can like download and install and like have for all times or you can't even like buy it so Neo says there's games that just shouldn't be lost in nostalgia I think it's very important for some games to be accessible for backwards compatibility PS5 uh, backwards compatibility uh, is hopefully coming We know from the discussion this morning that PS5 backwards compatibility was a challenge for them at launch because they said, listen, it's going to take up die space. We're going to, if we, if we build the emulation software for PS1, 2, and 3 on this system, it's going to create problems with respect to how much space is there. Now, again, we just had so many moments ago saying that they patented the emulation software for those consoles and they're now putting apparently apparently trophies for those old games 
in the PS5 database. Now, this could mean they figured out a way to do it. It might be something that you download separately that takes up a significant portion of the room on your console. We talked about this earlier this morning in the non-recorded version of the show. We essentially said that if you're playing the PlayStation 5 and you want to play a PS3 game, you need literally emulation software that runs the operating system of the PlayStation 3. I do this on my Xbox Series X. When I play LEGO Star Wars with my son, it loads up the literal intro, the sound, the screen, everything from the Xbox 360. It's emulating that operating system. The All of my alerts switch over to the old school Xbox 360 alerts. It's as if I am playing on an Xbox 360. I do not see anything related to my Xbox One Series X unless I back all the way out of the game. When I'm in that game, I am inside of the Xbox 360 operating system. So what this means is, if these consoles are going to offer full, complete, exhaustive backwards compatibility, you would need then to have that software able to run and run well on any of these systems. And for the PlayStation, it seemed from their commentary early on that it wasn't in the cards. That type of software was going to take up too much space to run probably either efficiently or it could have hindered the, the power or the processing of the actual PS5. If, okay, if you're going to do that, the operating, the, the, the processing power of the console has to do two things. It has to run the PlayStation 5 operating system. It has to run the PlayStation 3 operating system. And then it has to run the game itself. And that's where I think it starts to get a little bit hairy. IGN reporting that Xbox Party Chat and free-to-play multiplayer games will no longer require an Xbox Live Gold membership. Really? Free-to-play multiplayer games will no longer require the Xbox Live Gold membership. That means that you could just, according to this, you could just play Fortnite without Xbox Live. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. You actually still have access to the current Xbox dashboard in older games, but you can pull up the old dashboard if you want to. Oh, really? How do you do that? Does it have to be a game that has you like add or, or, or send friend requests or something or send friend invites? I've actually never seen that. That's big. Microsoft is making move, moves, man. That's old news. I, I'm just now seeing it. That's a tweet from just, a, you know, 10.30 a.m. Eastern today. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that, that's, that's news to me. I didn't know they were doing that. I knew that people had been requesting it for a very long time. They had been saying like, It'd be really, really nice if we didn't have to worry about all this, if we could just boot up and play these free-to-play games and not have to worry about the uh, the Xbox Live you know, requirement. Because um, personally, I get where people are coming from, you know. But at the same time, how do you... you know, I guess you agree to their terms of service either way. <clears throat> Sony has had that for forever. Okay, okay, okay. Next comment on the poll from Ioannis Ioannis or Lonis, I'm not sure. I always have one console, the latest, and have too often bought the same game up to three times to play it on my current console. Hate that. It's like a money grab. Uh, For some games, I would be willing to buy it again, like old 
cartridge games. I would be able, I would be willing to buy an old cartridge game again. But if I own the digital version of the game, I just feel it should be in my library. If you're just tuning in, we're combing through the responses to this poll, and we would love to hear from you. So be sure to use that poll command, head over here and give a response. We want to know, with the PS3 store shut down, how important is backwards compatibility to you? PS5 backwards compatibility is now rumored at this point to be coming for the PS1, 2, and 3. And we're just curious, is this something that's super important to you? It seems that most people are saying yes, and we're reading through responses right now. Night Train said, I'm sure a lot of us spend a lot of money in this store. Whether asking parents for a few bucks or spending your hard-earned paycheck, we should be able to carry all the stuff over. Backgrounds, emblems, or games you bought. A tall order, but I think I agree. It's a tall order, but I think I agree to a certain extent. When you're buying these digital items, at the time, I don't think you were given the impression that it would come with you everywhere, but I do think... It, it's, it's a good way to treat the consumer to say, hey, this can come with you, you know, everywhere. This can come with you. So, as opposed to feeling, oh, it's stuck on that box, you know. Um, by the way, if you're enjoying this content, do me a favor, hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you're here for these streams Monday through Friday. These polls, different topics every day. Gaming, news, and discussion. All variety. Psycho for Gaming says, I always enjoy going back and playing my older games. I'm just going to say, same, same, dude. Sometimes it's just nice to go back and play an older one, you know? I like to. Um, uh, it's it's nice, you know? It's nice. All right, so we have Creators Make News. Uh, are you interested in Click here. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I if I can do that. I'll see. Um, I'll see. Thanks, creature. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> that guy has me blocked. Uh. Anyway. Anyway, J.K. says, I didn't get to play a lot of the games people grew up loving. I'd like to go back and try some of them, but it's becoming increasingly difficult to do so through legal channels um emulation is pretty popular uh but also tough to do it's tough and this is one of the things that young Ye was talking about it was like they you know emulation is important for you know preserving some of these old games you know it's it's important and it needs to be not so fought against now obviously right Obviously, depending upon the game and the current right situation with it, it's understandable why a company would be like, we don't want you emulating Breath of the Wild or God of War or Horizon Zero Dawn, right? That that's that would essentially be theft, okay? That's theft, and that's not that's not okay. I'll never be okay with that. I'm 100% against the theft of video games as a product because... The, the money that goes into it, the hours, everything. Cheating in games and the stealing of games is horrible for the gaming economy. It's horrible for the people that work on them. It's horrible for the people that enjoy them and play them, right? And this is where emulation gets into a big gray area. If you're emulating a game that is no longer available and you legitimately purchased it in the past, I, I personally, I'm like, oh, who the frick cares? If I'm holding the cartridge in my hand, and it's in my house 
to me, I'm like, come on. I own the game. I'm playing something I bought with my money, okay? I didn't agree to some terms of service about where I would play the game. But when you start emulating games that are able to be purchased right now, I have a problem with that because you're not doing... Uh, you're not doing something for the sake of like, oh, I can't get this anymore. You're stealing something. And to me, that's very, very different. And what happens is this starts to become like a Venn diagram. There are games that are clearly no longer available, able to be purchased and consumed. Okay. And then there are games that are able to be purchased and consumed. And then there starts to get this like gray overlap. Here's where the gray overlap comes from. As an example, what Nintendo's been doing with their Nintendo Online subscription service that they offer, they are now turning a profit on property that they own, and they have every right to turn a profit on that property that they own, because they have now built a system to make it so you could play it and consume it and ported it to be compatible with your Nintendo Switch. I believe they have every right to do that. It's their property, and making it available to you at a cost, to me, is totally fair. This is where the gray areas start to rise. Like, they own it. They own it. And if they suddenly decide, we want to make this available to people, the Master Chief Collection would be another example. They took the time to remaster, rebuild, go through, clean it up, make it available for purchase and consumption. Now, somebody could have said, right? Somebody, somebody could have said, "Hey, th- that game's not available anymore. You can't get that game anymore. You can't, you can't buy it. It's not available, right? Maybe like the first Halo or something." Now, the question becomes. If you're going to enter into this emulation relationship that I proposed earlier, are you then sort of rescinding your rights to the property, you know, long term? So this was the example that I gave. Sony could build and make available the emulation software for PS1, 2, and 3 and, you know, sell it for five bucks or something, whatever, and you install it on your computer. Completely legitimate. You buy the emulation software from Sony. The company that made God of War 3 could then make that game and its code available for emulation groups. So here's a group here, here's a group there that can create this as a as a product. It goes into that emulation uh, marketplace and then can be sold at a, a revenue share. Sony makes some from it because they're providing the server space and the, and the marketplace and all of that. And then the people who made God of War 3 get a, mar- a revenue share. And then the emulation guys, you know, they get a revenue share as well. So you could break it down as like a, I, I don't, I don't even know, like a 50, 40, 10, something like that, where the, you know, the emulation guys make the smallest amount and the game companies and Sony kind of split right down the middle, you know, 45, 45, 10 or something like that. Now, this in my mind is one of the solutions that are plausible or possible because you're attaching a revenue incentive to the emulation lean in if you're going to lean into emulation as a company one would think naturally there has to be some money motivation behind it these are not charities these are not companies that are just out here doing stuff for the fun of it or for goodwill they would like to make money that's their job that's literally the role of a business 
right? Go start a business tomorrow and make your mission statement to break even. You're not going to get anybody to, to, to come and work for you, and you're not going to get any investors, right? <clears throat> Profit is what drives a business. So that, to me, would be one of the potential solutions here is to crowdsource it and then both the, com- the the community or the group that's emulating the game they have a vested interest in making it good or they're not going to make any money because it'll get ripped to shreds by the reviews the companies that that made those games in the past can literally make money by just making the code available like who the frick cares if the emulation community creates a god of war where kratos is running around with an afro and bell bottoms who cares if people are buying it and laughing and you're making a revenue share on it and so is Sony, this could be a potential solution where the emulation community and the developers and the and the and the and the platforms could meet in the middle and all benefit from each other's existence. This would be a symbiotic relationship, okay? So that's one avenue that could work. The other avenue that seems like it's the most likely to happen is that these companies figure out how to make money off of backwards compatibility the way that Nintendo has by creating the emulation software, making it downloadable on your console, and then selling those items as as a digital version, hopefully then honoring the people that owned them previously. Now, you're going to run into a bit of a snafu here. If you're like me, I own the disc version of Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4, so I cannot just download the digital version because I didn't pay for the digital version. I paid for the disc version. That's where it gets that that where that's where it gets tough for the actual consumer to feel like they're being they're they're being given sort of this this honor system or whatever where like they're honoring your purchase. The only way you would honor that purchase is if you like you you'd send in the disc and then they would basically mail or email you a code because you no longer have the disc like you sent it in. Like if I sent in my PlayStation Four Spider Man disc. Like okay, cool. Give him a code for his PS5, and then they could sell that disc at a profit as like a previously owned version of the game. I don't know. Again, I'm just throwing out ideas off the top of my head. If you're just tuning in and you're enjoying the conversation, we do streams like this Monday through Friday. It's about a four-hour stream, and right now I'm combing through the poll results. PS3 store shutdown. How important is backwards compatibility for you? We've got 700 results, so keep on casting your vote. I want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel with the bell button pressed so you don't miss these polls early in the morning. It's the greatest chance of being included in the show. I am recording this right now as well. It'll be uploaded to all of the podcast feeds later. Joseph Lap says, Getting a Series S recently really showed me how great backwards compatibility is. I played through Dante's Inferno the other weekend. If Microsoft had shut down 360 store, I would not have been able to do that. I think this is a mistake on Sony's end if the report is true. I hope this was a leak uh, that was meant to coincide with backwards compatibility. That's how I feel about it. I feel like um, that this wasn't meant to come out, by the way. This was essentially a leak. They did not announce this. This was reported by somebody that got the sort of the inside scoop of what's going on. What's going on? Like, they're, they, they did not announce this. Sony didn't come out and say, hey, we're shutting the PS3 stores down. Who's playing PS3? I guarantee you there are people that right now own a PS3, still play it, still use it, still have games on it. Guaranteed. 
guaranteed there's still people. That's why it was news. That's why it was news. People are like, man, what's going on here? Like, I, I still play that. I still have that, you know? And to be quite honest, I, I spe- this, this is, this is going to become a problem for Sony for a, a variety of reasons. I believe one of those reasons is that somebody could look at the Xbox and be like, yo, my friend, right? My, my friend, he, he can play all of his Xbox 360 games, man. Why can't I do that? Why can't I do that? So you, you're, you're going to run into these issues of like people feeling like they're not getting the same thing that they can get elsewhere. They're not, they're not able to, uh, they're not able to go in there and actually enjoy stuff that they paid for the way that somebody on an Xbox can. People still play consoles that use cartridges? Oh yeah, 100%. The store is 16 years old. How long do they have to keep it up and running? I don't think there's an imperative or an impetus on Sony to keep it running. I think if they want to win the goodwill or the or the customer confidence and loyalty, I think they need to make efforts for backwards compatibility. Because again, th- think about what this announcement is. This announcement is on the heels of Microsoft grabbing Bethesda. And what can Microsoft tell you right now? They can be like, hey, guess what? You can play your old games on your Xbox Series X or your Xbox One. You play it. it's, it's there. It's all backwards compatible. It, that, that comparison war has an effect here. It really, really does. Like People are going to say, I don't understand. Like, why, why do they get to do it? Why can't your console do what their console does? You, know, you, you, can, you can wax eloquent about the technicalities of the emulation software and the processing power and the die space and blah, blah, blah. Nobody, nobody have, cares. Nobody cares about that. They're like, I want to play my games, dude. You just shut down that store. Not to mention, if you have kids, you know what this is like. So the other day I was outside in the backyard getting uh, getting the grill ready to grill out and my uh, daughter comes over and she says, I want to turn on the rope swing. There's this, it's not really a rope swing, but they're swinging on it. It's a rope that you use to climb a portion of their, uh, as they call it, their house park. And she said, he won't give me a turn. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell him to give you a turn in a minute. And I look around the corner and I'm like, oh, he's not even playing. Right? He's not even playing on it. Go ahead, go have a turn. Now, what do you think happened? My daughter is seven and my son is five. What do you think happened as she walked over there to grab the rope and my son was like playing in the dirt, not paying attention to it? What do you think he did? Take a gander. Take a guess at what he did. He suddenly became very interested in that rope swing that he was not playing with. Why? Because it was about to be played with by somebody else. Suddenly he wanted it. So, right now, there's probably plenty of people that haven't touched their PS3 or their PS3 games in ages. Now, suddenly, they're, they're, they're struck with the idea of like, oh, I won't be able to? Huh? I better make sure and download and install all these games or they might not be available ever again because some of them are not installed right now. I bought them digitally, you know, and I don't, I don't have them. I don't have them installed. I had limited hard drive space. Suddenly, the threat of not having it makes it important to you. Because all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, 
I, 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 who knows? Rainy day. I might go back and play God of War 3. Don't act like all 360 and Xbox games are backwards compatible. It's a few hundred out of several thousand. It's all about the consumer's perception. It's all about the consumer's perception, Eugene. Do you think right now I could list to you the games I can't play backwards compatibility that I owned on my 360? Do you think I have that memory? No. No. I don't have that in my memory. Do you know what I do have? I have a bunch of I have a bunch, a bunch of games on a screen that I can install from my 360. Do you see what I'm saying? It's all about the consumer's perception. It isn't about what's factually accurate. Oh, but the truth is, Lono, you can actually only play about 45% of the games that you owned on your 360. I, I, I have no idea all the games I owned on my 360. It's been ages since I checked. But I do know when I boot up my Xbox Series X and I go to my full available library, there's a ton of games on there I can install right now if I wanted to. And the PlayStation 5 is sitting there saying, I can't do that. It doesn't matter how many. It doesn't matter the percentage. It doesn't matter how many games I cannot install. It's the fact that I can do some, and it creates the perception in my mind, well, this is better. This is better. I, 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 this just got, this is getting shut down in the summer, and I won't be able to, do you see what I'm saying? It's not about facts. It's not about accuracy. It's about the perception of the consumer and what they think of this scenario. They might look at this situation and say, oh, it's no big deal. I don't care. But there's likely a percentage of the consumer base that's like, dude, I would really, really like to have access to those games. At least some of them. One of the things they would likely want to do, I mean, if I was Sony, this is what I would want to do. If they are, if if the rumors are true and they are working toward a form of backwards compatibility, I would focus on the biggest titles first. First and foremost, especially from a marketing perspective, I would focus on God of War if I were them because you have God of War Ragnarok coming out and then a PS5 graphical update to God of War the, the most recent one so if I were them that's what I would focus on I would focus on God of War as one of the banner titles of we're starting to roll out backwards compatibility I would start with God of War you're likely to hit the most people with it more popular more well known it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recognizable name at this point are you looking forward to any other looter shooters or any other games to play on Steam? Well, uh, today we'll be checking out the Immortals Phoenix Rising DLC on the gaming channel. If you're not subscribed to the gaming channel, make sure and do that. SNTRgaming.com or you can go use the gaming command in chat. We'll be going over there this afternoon. We may or may not play Dandy Ace, a really cool cartoon roguelite that landed on Steam today as well. Depending on how well Immortals is going, we may just hang there for a longer play session and not play Dandy Ace. Because Dandy Ace has been on other platforms for a long time, so it may not be worth playing. Same thing happened with Paradise Lost yesterday, and we had a great day, because as soon as something launches, everybody goes to uh, to YouTube to check it. Especially if it's Steam. Everybody's like, oh, a new game in Steam, and then they run to YouTube to look for gameplay. So we may, we may jump into Dandy Ace. As far as looter shooters, we'll be covering Outriders pretty extensively once it launches next week. Soul says, Backwards compatibility allows for consolidation of hardware for me. I don't have the space to keep all the consoles out just because I want to play an older title. This is especially true for Nintendo because you might not even have a television you can hook up those old consoles to. It's not even possible, right? It's not even possible. All the classics exclusives. Yeah, God of War and Uncharted. That's where I would start. If I was if I was PlayStation, that's where I'd start. God of War, Uncharted. Um, 
That's where I'd set my sights if I were them. Let's read through some more comments on the poll. If you're new and enjoying yourself, do me a favor. We only need about 20 people to hit the like button to roll the likes over. Hit subscribe and the bell button if you haven't already. It'll ensure that you're here. We want to earn your sub, and one of the ways we do that is we include you in the content. I'm reading through comments right now on this poll, and if you're here early, you're more likely to have your comment read for the official recording that I'm doing right now. So make sure you're here and jump on these every day, Monday through Friday. This is also a safer work broadcast. So a lot of folks, they throw me on in the background like radio. Johnny Cat says, my answer to the poll is somewhat. So it's somewhat important to him to have backwards compatibility. He says, on one side, once you play a game, I'm done with it. On the other side, I would love to play my old games for nostalgia purposes, but I wouldn't play it all that often. Uh, it wears off really fast truth be told the nostalgia wears off really fast on these old games these old games will literally kick you in the teeth they're tough they are brutal they are unforgiving and some of them don't even run that well as well as you might remember so I think the nostalgia factor wears off pretty fast a lot of the times because you remember it differently than it was and so I remember playing through perfect dark with my brother I was playing through Perfect Dark with my brother on my stream. It was a part of the um, it was a part of the uh, the rare collection on the we got it on the Xbox, and I was like, "This game kind of sucks." Like we were not having a good time. It was brutal. It was brutal. the The not telling you what to do, the not telling you where to go. Again, again, it's just like the example with my children. It's the perception of it being taken away from you that gets to people. That's what it really comes down to. The perception of, I, I, what if I want to? What if I want to play that game? What if, that, what if that's something that I want to do? That generally uh, is, is going to be the hang-up. The hang-up's going to be, man, I, 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 I might want to play it. And then you do, and you're like, this sucks anyway. <laughs> This sucks. This is not the game I remembered. I tried playing through... I tried playing through the... uh, The Master Chief Collection with my wife. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my, what on earth? What on earth? No, you know. It was... uh, It just wasn't the game that I remembered. Now, understand something. I, I, I am not a, uh, I'm not a huge Halo fan. So there was no nostalgic attachment to the game for me. I was just like, this is just boring and slow. We put it down. My wife and I have played Diablo 3 together. We've played, uh, we've, we've played Borderlands together. So Halo just felt like, yeah, this is just not fun. It, it, it's, it's, it's slow motion city. Oh, it's just bad. So, I do think sometimes that's the case. It's not about the actual quality or the entertainment or the value you're going to get from the game. It's more about the the ability to do it is important to you. Do you know how many of those old Xbox 360 games I've installed on my Xbox Series X? One. One. Oh, I installed Peggle 2 on my Xbox One X for my daughter. On my Series X, I've installed one. The knowledge that I can is like this cool, comfy blanket that I never use. I'm like, it's there. 
you know, it makes me feel good just knowing that it's there. I'm never going to use it. I'm never going to play any of these ancient, like, booty cheeks titles. But I could if I wanted to. And I like having that ability. I like knowing that it's there. That I could install it at any point in time and no one can stop me. That is essentially what's going on. There is a consumer perception at that moment that is essentially essentially lying to me about the value of what I have. The value of what I have is is essentially tenuous and thin at best. Nothing really going on. Not actually playing the games. Seeing them in there, seeing them as able to be, you know, able to be used or installed at any moment gives me some weird sense of comfort and then I never I never install it. My son has started to use a term and we're not correcting him because it's kind of cute. Um, eventually, you might have to correct him. If something is bad, he calls it a booby. He doesn't say, oh, I'm like, oh, that's booty. He says booby. So we were looking for sticks and golf balls. We live close to a place where we can walk and there's like golf balls and sticks and stuff. And uh, he'll pick one up and he'll be like, ah, oh, it's booby. <laughs> and me and my wife looked at each other like, did he say booby? <laughs> we let him do it for now. We think it's hysterical, uh, you know. Because one day he'll 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 say uh, it's not a uh, <laughs> it's not actually a negative thing or a negative term, is it? <laughs> They're actually pretty nice. But for now, for now, that's what he says. Because I think he picked it up for me saying something's booty. <laughs> we need three more likes for seven hundred likes, guys. Thanks for smashing the like button. Um, Eric Millington says, my favorite Xbox Series X games have been old gen games on Game Pass. How often do you find older games? Uh, this hits all the notes. Games are works of art that should be preserved. Honestly, I have had the uh, opposite uh, experience. Um, old games feel bleh to me. I've had the exact opposite experience as we were just kind of outlining. I feel like the old games feel kind of bleh. It's like, I, I don't I don't really have a desire to go back and play them. I don't like them all that much, you know? To the poll comment, that's because Xbox has zero exclusives. It's possible it's related. <laughs> it's possible it's related. Uh, RT Mayday says I would love to see these companies bring their entire catalog of games onto the digital market I'm still waiting for Nintendo to release Final Fantasy 1 through 6 NES, SNES as a bundle especially since the franchise is hot at the moment I think companies are missing out on some extra profits from the crowd that wants to play the games they grew up with Uh, agreed it's just a technical I think it's a technical challenge Noberto says, I find myself in gaming rut at least once a year. I go back to old games I never finished or love the playthrough. I want to continue to have that ability till I'm an old man. For me, that's Ori and Hellblade. That's always for me. It's always Ori and Hellblade. I always want to be able to go back and play those games. Uh, they're they're beautiful. They're so they're they're fun. Uh, they're enjoyable. Um, you know the 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 artistry the music it would be absolutely gutting if i suddenly couldn't play either of the ori games or hellblade 
it would be really gutting. It'd be like, oh wow, what? What happened? Why can't I play that? You know, whatever whatever the case may be that would lead to that would be it'd be yeah, it'd be upsetting, you know. I like being able to play those games. There's something special about them. They're like my video game comfort food. I can always go back to them. I can always enjoy them. Uh, Zooth, Zooth, it's like Soothe with a Z. Uh, as more and more games go digital, the ability to back years or even decades later will become l- tougher and tougher. There needs to be some sort of preservation implemented. Uh, I agree. Uh, but yeah, it's tough. I think it's super tough. I, I agree with the sentiment of like, man, so many games need to be protected and preserved, but how do you do it? Who do you get to do it? That's why I think the idea I've proposed would be a potential solution because if there's a money motivation, that tends to help something like this sort of happen on its own. You have a company like Sony set up and and release the emulation software, and then you have dev companies allowing their code to be used by emulators, and then everybody has a profit share, you know, the emulators get 10%, the devs make 45, and then Sony makes 45. So, like, everybody's making money on something that they're not even really having to do. All they're having to do is maintain the server space that holds the games and allows people to download them and process the transactions. That, to me, doesn't seem like that giant of a task. You're, you're essentially releasing the emulation software uh, and, then, and then allowing people to use it. Mythrax responded to the poll. It's important to me, at one point in the PS3 days, I came close to buying a new PS2 just to play Devil May Cry 3 because I missed it so much. Um, I hear ya. There are games that you just, you just, you have that itch to play them. I think that the itch to play them is even greater when you can't play them because it's, it's, it's just, it's not there. If it's there, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day. But suddenly you can't do it, and you're like, oh, this is really annoying. There was a time where I thought I owned a movie. I can't remember what movie it was. Uh, I, 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 I can't remember what, what, the, what, the, what the movie was. But I remember, because I didn't have it, oh, I remember, it was Unbreakable. My wife and I had been watching, we, we, were, we, weren't, we were getting ready for... Um, I wanted to watch in order Unbreakable, Split, and then Glass. Because we knew Glass was going to be available for like digital consumption in like a week or two. And I was like, let's start with Unbreakable. That'll be really fun, right? That'll be really, really fun. And I didn't have it. I, I thought I did. I thought I owned Unbreakable. And I was so annoyed the more I realized that the disc was not in our home, the more I wanted to watch that movie. So it was like, it made me, we, we, I think we went and just bought it digitally wherever, wherever it was available. I was like, I want this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's fantastic. And um, this is a similar situation, I think. I think when you realize you can't play the game, you probably desire to play it even more. It's like with the lockdown, we didn't appreciate what we had before it was taken away. Right. Simple things. Very, very simple things. Going to the store and picking up something or, you know, going and hanging out with friends. That's exactly right. Uh, BGBQ8. 
For me, I feel it's important, but whenever I try to actually boot up old uh, an old game, I don't play that much before moving on to newer stuff. Exactly what I've been talking about. That's exactly what I've been talking about. The idea that like you go back and you play it and it just doesn't hit like you thought it was going to hit. Now for me, for some games, it definitely has an enduring value. I can play Ori beginning to end every time. Ori in the Will of the Wisps, no problem. Hellblade, no problem. 100% have no issue doing that. No issue doing that whatsoever. So for me, it's it's always going to it's always going to be a a nostalgic experience. But when I played Perfect Dark with my brother, I was like, my gosh, this game is not as good as I thought it was. This is actually kind of awful. We thought it was going to be great. You spend twenty or fifteen minutes laughing, and I forgot about this. Oh, I forgot about this. And then all of a sudden, you're stuck and don't know where to go or what to do because the game won't tell you. It's an old school game. It's just like looking at you, like figure it out. There is no, there's no checkpoints. There's no bullet points of what you're supposed to do. Just figure it out, bro. You know, and I got annoyed. I was like, eh, what the heck? I don't know where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Dracus Pander says, initially I was like, who cares? But then I thought, how would I feel if games I've paid for and spent years playing being ripped from me I'd be ticked. Uh, is that a future we all have to look forward to? Uh, digital, let's see. Digital marketplace is changing our expectations. And we and we don't even know it. I think that's something that we really have to figure out is our expectations have been changed by the digital market and we haven't really even paid much attention to it. Like, right now, the idea to, 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 like, wait a minute, what do you mean I couldn't play the game? Why not? You look at your Steam, you look at your Epic, you look at any launcher, you look at any of your consoles, and you're like, I, I own this. I own this. This is mine. I paid for this. To the poll, so your inner Karen came out? I don't even think it's an, I don't, I don't even think it's an inner Karen. I think it's, I think it's literally the idea that, like, no, I bought it, I like it, and want to play it. I don't feel like we're being... I don't think like we're insisting on something that's unrealistic. Like, especially... Think about what's happening right now with Microsoft. Microsoft is selling you on the idea that the, that the Microsoft ecosystem is going to be the place where all your games live. All your games live there. You want to play on a mobile device? You want to play on your Xbox? You want to play on your PC? All your stuff's there. Well, then why in the heck would I be worried about backwards compatibility? You you didn't sell me a game on a console. You sold me a game and an ecosystem to enjoy it in. Rain the Dark with a $5 tip through Super Chat. Backwards compatibility is always a good thing. Give me my PlayStation 1 emulation back, Sony. I miss Gran Turismo 1. That is, a, oh, that is ancient. You're going all the way back. For me, I'd be bummed. There's still so many games I never played because we couldn't afford the systems when I was little or the games were released, so I've slowly been catching up. I'm saying he initially saw it and he thought nothing of it because he doesn't want to play those games, but then his Karen came out saying, but I paid for it 15 years ago. No, I, I think you're you're projecting onto his statement something that's not there. He's saying he suddenly realized 
there are games I've paid for and spent years playing and suddenly having that taken from me would be frustrating it's not an inner Karen it's a man I like going back to that game every once in a while it's a fun game I don't have that expectation I view it as I've traded ownership for convenience and once the convenience becomes too expensive I lose it I think everyone's looking at the situation differently I mean that is one way of looking at it you know it certainly is one way of looking at it. I would, I would, I look at it, you know, slightly different. Um. So, the next response to the poll is A B. I've been playing some old games recently. There are just experiences that you can't remake. Bioshock, for example. Oh yeah, definitely. I like I cited, you know, both Ori games and uh, Hellblade, one hundred percent. You know, and in ten years. I'm still going to want to be able to go back and remember those games. I remember when my brother got a Wolfenstein 3D emulator or something. You know what I mean? That that, that was actually really, really fun. I remember you, I got Wolfenstein on my iPad. I was like, oh my gosh. It was really, really cool. Are people mad because Xbox gives people a choice to play old games? I don't get it. It's just a choice. How is that bad? I again I think this comes down to the digitization of gaming is is changing the expectations of the consumer. The consumer is saying, I bought it, it's mine in the digital realm. Why would I ever lose it? Does that make sense? Like right now, when I go from this iPhone to another iPhone, okay? I just expect everything to come with me. I don't expect it to be like, wait a minute. Oh, that app I spent $3 on is gone. Why? I Now, I'm not sitting here being a Karen and being like, you better have all my apps on there. Man. And no, I won't wear a mask, right? <laughs> like the the expectation is just under the it's under the surface. It's like, no, I what do you mean? I I bought a digital item for this ecosystem and when I upgrade to another piece of hardware that's to access that ecosystem so the expectation of the player is changing a perfect example of this is when Fortnite launched on the Switch and suddenly PlayStation owners were met with a conundrum none of the stuff that they bought was there they couldn't sync between the two. Why? Because Sony was being, you know, Sony was being Sony. And it took their stock, it took their stock value plummeting to, to wake them up to the reality that they had made a mistake, that people were really angry. Right? People were ticked. They're like, excuse me? What is this? Why is this happening? Why are all my skins? Why? Because in their mind, Fortnite was an ecosystem that they bought items in that ecosystem. I go into Fortnite, here's all my skins, here's all the items that I bought. I don't care where I play Fortnite, if I play it on my phone, my iPad, my Switch, I'm playing Fortnite as me. Where's my stuff? 
that was literally the catalyst for Sony bending the knee and allowing crossplay to be a thing in Fortnite. Why? Because consumers, their expectation and their demand became so loud and so prominent, and Microsoft and Nintendo capitalized on it. They capitalized on it with some good marketing, and then Sony was like, shoot. We're, lo- we're, we're, we're actually, we look bad in the public right now. We were warned this kind of stuff would happen, but we ignored it. It was part of the calculus in the change to digital. We don't own it. We have rights to use it, but not perpetual, uh, but not perpetually. To a certain extent, I don't know if that's true for non-online games, Eugene. So right now, I own God of War, do I not? It's mine. I own Spider-Man Miles Morales, do I not? I'm not paying for a license to play that game. I own the game. I don't need to be online to play either one of those. I can just I can I can unplug my PlayStation from the internet and play it. You own the right to use it. Yeah, but it's mine. It's on my hard drive. If my PlayStation's not plugged into the internet, I can boot up those games and play them. They're mine. You don't own it, you paid for the license. It's in the EULA, even in single-player games. Man, that is just ridiculous. Every single game is that way now? Is it? Now, wait a minute. Isn't that true of a disc game, though, too? If I go buy the disc and come home and pop it in, most of these games require an update. Most of them require an update. It's like, oh, now you got to update the game, and now all of a sudden I'm agreeing to a EULA, I I, I would think. You had zero expectation to play the game on future systems. Oh, in the past, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I bought a Super Nintendo game, and the Nintendo 64 came out, I did not expect to take my cartridge and walk over to my 64 and jam it in there. When I went from the NES to the SNES to the 64... I never once expected to bring my cartridges with me and be able to plug them in and play them. You own the plastic disc only. You license the software on it. It's wonky to be sure, but that's how it works. It's so interesting. Imagine if that's the way that it worked for movies too. You don't or or, or music. Yeah, you own the plastic. You don't own the music. You own the right. There's a license that allows you to play it. I don't know. This has been the norm for the long time. You don't own the games. You pay a license fee to play them. Thanks, software industry. And is that, I mean, this is, this might be one of the reasons this is a hot topic if you think about it. This is a hot topic because that means that at any point in time, the consumer protection is essentially up, up, uh, at risk consumer protections at risk because they could be like nah you, you can't play the game anymore look at what happened to me with destiny look, look at what happened to me with destiny a personal issue somebody had a personal issue with me and banned me from that game so seven years of investment and playing and love and passion and money spent gone like that because somebody's like yeah I don't like you like what if you live next door to a developer and you get in a squabble about you know your your their fence and your tree and they're like all right i'm gonna take care of greg on monday morning poof banned from the game how would you ever prove it how would you ever stop that guy from doing that 
you can't he just revoked your license and they have according to virtually all of their TOS's and EULA's they just can because they can even books there's a whole lot of TOS about what you can and do with the book that was purchased when Battleborn goes offline the single player is gone too that's true because that's that's a game that has live service elements to it so when there's live service elements and and features you're you you're you're sort of taking that risk like any anytime you play a game like that you you know you know the risk involved i i mean i would assume if the servers go down you can't play you're playing online i mean that i i don't think that's necessarily the same i feel like that's slightly different um I feel like that's slightly different because you're you're playing a game that's not necessarily a hundred percent on your hard drive, you know. Why for the single player components? Well, again, you're you're dealing with you're dealing with something, um, you're you're dealing with something that is that is online it's a hybrid you're not necessarily paying for a game you're paying for access to their servers and stuff does that make sense they you're you're it's it's just different it's it's like my access to destiny being revoked i can't play that game offline i can't it's not possible I cannot play it offline. It's a it's a game that lives on their servers. It's a game where my characters, my loot, everything I've done is chilling on a is chilling on a Bungie.net server. And I was paying um, and I paid for a license that gave me access. And they can just be like, we don't like you. Access revoked. And I'm powerless to stop it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter that I spent money. I mean, think about it like this. A cheater has no say in the matter. They can't be like, well, I paid for access. You can't ban me. Well, n- no, you cheated. You you broke TOS. I didn't break TOS. I ruffled feathers with truth. So I got smacked as a, as a bullying tactic, right? More and more, you have to understand something that could happen here. There is now a public record of precedence set here that a game company could could literally say we don't like that youtuber wham and they ban him from the game now the only reason a lot of companies aren't going to do that is the size of the youtuber is going to play a significant role in the public's perception of that company oh this guy was criticizing your game and you banned him from it like that perception would be bad for them as a company and for their product people would say boycott them ban them blah 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 whatever I was small enough that they got away with it. We had some, we've had some great videos created, but generally speaking, they're probably just going to act like it never happened. They're, they're not going to bat an eye. You can't expect big YouTubers to make a video every other week about what happened to me. So they're just going to, they're just going to skate on past it and be like, "We're never going to comment on that guy's ban. We're going to like tweets about it, but we're not going to comment." So in this realm of the fact that like you don't own the game you paid for license you paid for access they can just decide to revoke that and be like yeah we don't answer to you we don't really care 
Yeah, I got an argument with that guy uh, in my backyard the other day. Frick him, he can't play our game anymore. And no one will no one will ever be able to prove that I did it. No one will ever be able to prove why I did it. He just suddenly lost his access. Who's he going to take up his complaint with? Right? Who, who, who's going to take up his complaint? Where's, where's he going to go and complain? Who? I was banned for no reason. I have a complaint. Who are you going to issue that complaint to? There's nobody to go to. You have no recourse. Hawk Hawk and Rain said, I can only go back in time so far. The games start to hurt my eyes and pretty clunky five-year-old games. Uh, Lost Vikings did that to me yesterday. We had somebody request Lost Vikings in the Blizzard Arcade, and I got a headache from it, right? I got a headache from it. Um... Uh, yeah I mean somebody just found the PS5 system software agreement if you are in North America, South America or Central America all games and other software made available for use on your PS5 system are licensed to you not sold pursuant to the software product license agreement which can be found here so yeah it's not you. they're not selling they don't sell it to you yeah they're selling you a license they're selling you access essentially Hey, if you're new, we're glad you're here. If you've never been in a stream like this before, it's essentially a podcast that you can interact with. I'm reading through people's responses to the polls. So you can use the poll command, and I'll flip the results of the comments here in just a second. I'll read some of the more recent comments to give you a reason to go over there and comment on the poll. So use that poll command. The question we're asking is, with the PS3 store shutdown... How important is backwards compatibility to you? Why or why not? We want to hear from you. Uh, If you want to make sure you're here for these throughout the week, this is a safe for work broadcast. It's like a radio show you can put on in the background. If you're enjoying your time and you want to be here for these, hit subscribe and then the bell button. It's free to do that and it'll ensure that you're here for these discussions. Hitting like is also really helpful to me. We can roll over to 800 likes. And if you want to support me directly with a membership, you can do that with the join button or the join command. We are now a variety show. We used to cover one game exclusively, but we do variety of gaming topics here on this show called SNTR Presents. You can even, if you prefer audio podcasts, look up SNTR Presents on any podcast platform that you consume podcasts. Um, Route 151. Ultimately, it comes down to Sony respecting the relationship with their gamers. Personally, I have an embarrassing backlog. Many of the games locked to an era. Same to an extent. To an extent, that's the same with me. I have this backlog of games I've always wanted to check out and try out, but they're not new. They're not relevant. So it's like, well, when am I going to play them? Right? I have so many games. I have so many games in Steam right now on my wish list that are just too old for me to really dedicate any time to because we're just, I'm not in the market of playing old games right now. I just can't take that time to do it. I can't even play through recent games like Immortals Phoenix Rising or Ghost of Tsushima. They're, they're newer, they're relevant, but I, I cannot afford, uh, I cannot afford to play them because it's just, I'm in the business of playing something that's new and something that's relevant, and that's just kind of the game you have to play as a YouTuber. But yeah, my backlog is absurd. It's obscene. I don't even, I don't have time off stream uh, to mess around with a lot of these games. It's unfortunate, because there's some really, really good games in my Steam wish list. There's some really good games in there. Yeah, it's digital hoarding. That's right. That's right. It's digital hoarding. <laughs> Owen Legend said, 
I hated in the day, back in the day when I had a PS3 without a PS2 backwards compatibility. I also hated the PS4 and PS5 are not word backwards compatible uh, to those eras. Xbox got it right there. Uh, a perfect, perfect example of what I was talking about earlier. This is a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier. It's about the consumer's perception. His perception is that Xbox got it right. You know, and that and that Sony got it wrong. That's his perception. So his perception is, oh man, Microsoft did it. Microsoft makes it make, has the it has the backwards compatibility, and Sony doesn't. And even though it's not every single game, right? Doesn't matter. My backlog is growing because I'm waiting on upgrades. That happened with me. That's why I played Ghost of Tsushima so late because I was like, I'm gonna wait and play that on the PS5. I'm not gonna play that on the PS4. Adams to Art says, I'd love to replay Fear or Resistance Fall of Man on my PS5. So many good titles to play. Agreed. Uh, Optian says, meh. At my age, um, no, I think this is op- Option. Option says, uh, I have so much time. I only have so much time to game, and going back to old games is way off my radar. Plus, old games will consistently get brought forward, so no worries about old games stores getting sunset. Uh, I see that. I see that angle on it. It's like, you just want to play the new stuff. Anna Ray, backwards compatibility is extremely important to me. I am of a younger generation, but when I grew up playing the Wii, I got to play tons of amazing NES and SNES games on that console. I think our history in games is important to preserve. Yep. Agreed. I agree with that. It's it, it, per, per, Somehow preserving these games, I think is important. I think is important. Uh, to uh, the situation that we're in. That things are moving forward and things become inaccessible, things you can't play, stores are closing, servers are going down. It would be really, really great to have, you know, this stuff this stuff preserved uh, in a way, as opposed to it not being preserved. Um, um, so... Uh, comment here from Maximo personally it doesn't affect me since I haven't touched a PS3 in ages I hear that there's definitely a bias here there's going to be people that are like I don't care it doesn't matter to me I've not touched you know touched that system in ages Uh, Adam Kilker says I went with the PS5 after only having an Xbox the last couple of gens I want the opportunity to go back and play some of the PS exclusives uh a good point and perspective. This is a really good point and perspective to bring up. There are people that suddenly buy into your game console or your game uh, ecosystem, right? They suddenly care and they suddenly uh, want to play the game, right? That's that's something that's very important to a lot of people. Uh, they're they're suddenly in. Uh, Oh man, I, I'm suddenly into PlayStation now. I want to go back and play all the Uncharted's. I want to go back and play all the God of Wars. Okay, well, you can't necessarily do that if they're inaccessible to you. Like, what are you going to do? Buy a backlog of consoles and try to find the games at like resale shops and stuff? You know what I mean? Because we got a place in town called Book and Music Exchange. I don't even know if they're still in business anymore after everything that's happened. Uh, you know, with with you know, stay at home and all that. Microsoft doesn't say it's too expensive and they follow a company does. Not what they say. I'm not sure what he's talking about. 
Weren't the Sony exclusives on the PS4? A lot of them were, yeah. A lot of them were, and a lot of them you can get on the PS5, but not all of them. Right? Not all of them. Yeah, the local place we had called Book and Music Exchange was awesome. You could go in there, and you can get old, regular Nintendo games, Nintendo 64. It's all there, dude. It's all there. It's friggin' awesome. It's awesome. Um, It's a great place to go back and get some of that old stuff. Uh, Whether you're a collector or you're actively trying to play (laughs) those games. So, um, thank you guys for another great turnout today. A little bit of a different topic, but we only need 40 more likes for a rollover. Thank you for everybody who's hit like. Grimbo says, backward compatibility only really interests me if it improves the visuals frame rate of the old game. Um, I'm in the same mindset. It's got to bump it up. It does. Real King Salty says, Morning Lono, time for your Thursday beer orders. Here is for that Founders Solid Gold Pack. It was the smallest one I saw on the site. Alright, hang on a second. I gotta write that down. Founders, okay. Founders Solid Gold. Solid Gold. Okay. 12 pack. Alright. So, what people did last week is if they want me to try a beer, they super chat me the money, and then I order it. (laughs) So, you might want to make sure I can actually get it uh, at Total Wine and More and have it delivered. Um, So, Friday night will be a lot of fun. Don't forget, tomorrow night, dude, tomorrow night, we're going to be having drinks and laughs with It Takes Two, a totally co-op game. Me and Hilly will be playing it. Weezy says, this is why emulation exists. Uh, I'm not an advocate to pirate or stealing, but if something isn't readily available, I don't see an issue. Yeah, we, t- we, yeah, we talked about that earlier, Weezy, but you, you know, as usual, you're late to the party, so you didn't hear the entire discussion. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but seriously, you, you've been late a lot lately, so you just end up regurgitating the conversation. <laughs> I love you, Weezy. In any case, we essentially spoke about that. Like, there's a gray area, and these are the three things I said. Number one, there are games that are not available anymore, and they might suddenly become available, and they want to make money from them. So, like, right now, there could be, like, imagine God of War as an example. What if God of War 1, 2, and 3, all of a sudden they want to do enhanced you know, anniversary editions and they want to sell them on the Sony. Well, in that case, they have every right to protect that intellectual property and to keep you from emulating that game. There's also the idea of like, we just don't want you to. We just just want to protect our intellectual property. Or there are game companies that aren't even around anymore. They're not even around to care, right? Do you read every comment? I read as many as I can. I read as many as I can. Uh... So you're, you're, you're going to consistently have this issue, right? Uh, Sven's doing a 15. Rogue Bat Squatch. What is this? Rogue Bat uh, Squatch. Rogue Bat Squatch. Hazy IPA. Hazy IPA. Okay. Bat Squatch. What a freaking name that is. Rogue Bat Squatch. Okay, gotcha, Sven. Thank you for the 15 spot. Um, my, my, I've, I've significantly lowered my alcohol intake. I basically am drinking like Fridays and that's about it now. Uh, and so (laughs) that fridge is so full right now. (laughs) I'll have to make, I'll have to make some room. I'll have to make some room. Um, so thank you so much, uh, Sven. 
Uh, Sven, speaking of Sven, he commented on the poll here. He said, any PS3 game I want to play or buy at this point, I will already have owned physically, or I'll look at the retro video game shop locally to find the games that I want. I heard you. I heard you. There's a lot of people in that category. They're just going to go and get the old version. They don't, you know, they don't care. But to me, as we said moments ago, you could have somebody that suddenly gets... The is this the apology for Ghost Runner? Yeah, it's it's him apologizing for Ghost Runner. He's buying me a drink, and I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the idea that the digital availability of it would be really nice. Imagine buying a PlayStation, and being like, "Dude, I'd love to play all the God of Wars. I'd love to play all the Uncharted's." You know, a twenty-four pack of Zephyr Hills Natural Spring Water. Now you're speaking my wife's language. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, somebody just tipped for me to buy water, and so I'm sneezing at the absurdity. My wife is from uh, Tampa, so she's all about Zephyr Hills. I don't get it. I don't think it tastes very good. <laughs> Moped Mike commented on the poll. Uh, it'd be better to access anything I already gotten through PS5 Plus. I never buy digital aside from that. Uh, lots of folks in that camp. Lots of folks that don't do... Uh, digital GNB Shockwave says I voted not at all when a new console comes out I only play the new games unless there's next gen update for the old games Uh, understandable there are people that have zero interest in playing an old game unless it's been upticked we've had a couple people already today uh, express that we've had some people today uh, express the idea that they have zero desire uh, to play old games unless they see a tangible, you know, uptick in uh, in the in the performance of the game. Um, you know, because truth be told, you know, truth be told, there's there's a there's an element of the, of the discussion here where your care for the game has to be strong enough to overlook the rough edges. A perfect example a perfect example would be the experience I had yesterday with the Lost Vikings. I did not have did not have a nostalgic connection to that game. So two things took place. It was frustrating. I got a headache. It was literally giving me a headache. Like I could feel it like in my nose and kind of be around my eyes. It was it was causing me pain to play it. And I I couldn't push through and care because I didn't have a nostalgic attachment to the game. It would be like me going back and playing a Sonic game. I grew up on Mario. I didn't grow up on Sonic. So going back and playing like an original Zelda, an original Mario game, there's something there for me to latch onto. There's memories. There's a love. There's an, there's an unspoken, you know, sort of, hey, this game is why I'm a gamer. And because of that, I pushed through the rough edges. That, I, I, I would say, I would g- generally say that's one of the reasons why some old games, you just, you think they're better than they probably actually are. You know what I mean? How do you go from bragging at games about how good they are uh, to them being of no interest the day a new console comes out? Well, there's a lot of people like that. They're just different than you. You know, they're just different than you. you know, look, look at the, okay, look at the poll results. Okay, we're nearing 900 votes, and 
80% are saying it's either somewhat or very important to them to have backwards compatibility. 20% are saying it's not important to me at all. I don't give a crap. That means out of 100 people, 20 are like, I don't care. They're not like you. They're not like you. It, you know, not every gamer is looking behind them. They're looking forward. They want the new stuff. By the way, if you're new and haven't voted in the poll yet, get on over there and vote. Also, we only need 20 likes to roll the like count over. Smash that like button if you're enjoying today's conversation and be sure to vote in the poll. I am actually going to reverse the poll now and I'm going to read the most recent comments. Okay? Newest first. So, I don't do this all the time, but if you're if you're if you're weren't here earlier, I'm giving you the opportunity to have your response read. So I'm going to go newest responses now. So get over there and type a response. All right. We got a response here from Louie. I'm not reading your full name because of the word uh, that gets dinged on YouTube sometimes as associated with staying at home. Says, feel like games that still have a continuing story like Halo, Final Fantasy, ETC, games that you need to play to understand the story. I need to have the buy... uh, and not need to have to buy an entire system. Otherwise, I'm pretty neutral on it. Um, new fans to PS5 being able to play God of War or Uncharted, uh, for example. I think these would be really, really good examples of like... The, the, the <laughs> I just got my PS5, dude. I'd love to go back and play God of War and Uncharted, you know? Royal Gaming says, just came from livestream, by the way. I think the series of games uh, should continue... Or maybe remaster. Remasters are sometimes expensive and not worth it. This is one of the reasons why you're probably not going to see a lot of remasters. You're not going to see a lot of remasters. Why? Because it's expensive. They're not going to make a ton of money on it. The money they spend remastering, what if they went back and remastered God of War 1, 2, and 3 and sold it as an anniversary edition, copy, whatever, collector's edition, before God of War Ragnarok comes out? Now, in that situation, they might make some profit. Who knows? How much time did it take to do it? A lot of the times in these situations, they're going to outsource it to a third-party company to essentially do a port. Vicarious Visions is literally known for this. They're basically the porting masters. If Vicarious Visions is porting the game, you should be very confident it's going to be solid. They ported Destiny 2 to PC, and they've done countless other ports that have been very, very good. So, you know, a, a, a port at that point in time and up upscaling the performance, the textures, the resolution, the frames per second might be more money than is worth. <clears throat> Tell that to Todd Howard about Skyrim. Well, I mean, there are obvious exceptions to this. They milk that for all it's worth. That is a cash cow for them. Yeah. Diablo 2. Look at what they're doing. Diablo 2 Resurrected. That's the, that's what it's called, right? Diablo 2 Resurrected is going to probably do incredibly well. We're going to cover it here. I have a talk. I'd like to do an episode on, on Diablo 2 Resurrected. We might wait for some news. We can capitalize on searching, you know, people searching for it. Not a lot of people are probably searching for it right now. Red Dead Redemption even runs at 4K now on the Xbox and it never was released on PC. Vicarious Visions remastered Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 and it's amazing. Yeah, that's the other one. That's the other one they've done recently. Fuzzy Dude says, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. 
Uh, oh my gosh, shut up, is my response to you. Uh, James says, To this day, I occasionally pull out OG Nintendo and I play old games. Being able to preserve games and have them in my possession is really important to me, and I think keeping something you pay for is just important. Agreed on Nintendo uh, especially. I really, really agree on the Nintendo aspect because you just, you literally, it's not even a matter, you can actually own the consoles, you can own the games, and it just, you might not be able to play it. You might not be able to play it because it's like, I don't have the equipment to connect it to the television, maybe. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe the console's busted. We need seven more likes for 800. You guys, today has been huge. I thought this subject was going to kind of be a little bit of a uh, but it seems that renaming the stream and the thumbnail was the right call. We've kind of bounced back uh, by renaming it PS4 backwards compatibility. So thank you everybody for being here. Smash and like, subscribe, and taking the poll. We greatly appreciate that. Um, we got a full day ahead of us still. We're not done yet. We're going to be checking out Immortals Phoenix Rising DLC on the gaming channel. So be sure you stick around for that. Michael says every game on my SNES still works that should be the expectation for both launchers and consumers no one is asking for the manager uh, love how uh, love the show VIP for life in discord uh, my man thank you I appreciate that very very much um, speaking of my man I, 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 we don't cover TV shows and movies here we don't I think it'll confuse the YouTube algorithm a little bit too much um, so I may do a short about this on, on repeat theater, like just record like a really quick video. Uh, I thought the Snyder cut was actually kind of not that great. <laughs> I actually think it kind of sucked. <laughs> I, I don't think it's nearly as good as everybody's claiming. <laughs> it's like, well, it tastes better than a crap sandwich. So, you know, I guess we're gonna praise it. No, it's act. In my opinion, it's actually kind of bad. It's actually kind of bad. <laughs> There's so many things they did that are genuinely terrible in the Snyder cut. <laughs> genuinely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh the only reason the only reason you don't see it is because of the crap sandwich that Whedon put out dude Marvel fanboy oh no I love Man of Steel and the first Wonder Woman they're, they're actually some of my favorites Man of Steel is one of my favorite superhero movies of all time I love it love it Hans Zimmer is a genius right I, uh, I think the Snyder Cut's a, a turd, actually. <laughs> I think it's a turd. <laughs> I appreciate that he did it, and I think it has some high points, but as a complete package, it's a turd. It's a turd. Um, so now that you're all wound up... Uh... <laughs> Uh, let's read through, th- through some more of the comments here. Uh, I'm going to refresh. I'm going to refresh, get some more recent comments. Um, let's see here. Sort by newest first. Raptor says, I'm still discovering great old games and I still want the opportunity to play them without paying a le- an arm and a leg on eBay. Uh, 
great insight. You know, you got to go, you got to go to these outside sources to even try and get it. And then you're getting absolutely ripped off, you know, absolutely ripped. I thought it would be bad because the first one's so bad. Okay. All I'm going to tell you right now is watch Man of Steel and watch the first Wonder Woman movie, okay? And then watch the Snyder Cut and you will see that it's a giant turd. (laughs) You will see that it's a giant turd. You need to watch the best of the DC and then go watch it. It's a friggin' turd. (laughs) It's a four-hour turd. (laughs) If it were any cheesier, it would be nacho cheese. It is cheesy. Cheesy. It's 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 bad. I'm sorry. It's bad. And I absolutely love the cast, and I love the music, and I love what he tried to do, but it's friggin' awful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's upsetting. I know it's upsetting uh, very, very soon. Um... So, uh, <laughs> get out. No, I will not get out. This is my show. This is my house. You can't kick me out. Thank you guys for 800 likes on the video. If you've enjoyed today, we're going to continue this discussion and continue having a back and forth. Don't go anywhere. Click subscribe. Click the bell button. There'll be more discussions and polls and Q&A. If you're listening to the audio version, please make sure and always go and check out sntrlive.com.